0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 69 of the Membership Guys podcast. Thank you so much for choosing to spend a little bit of your day with me. I am, of course, your host, Mike Morrison, one half of the Membership Guys, and this is the Membership Guys podcast where we dispense proven practical tips and advice for membership site owners. Today, I'm talking about the ugly side of memberships. It is just after Halloween, after all, that's when all the creeps and all the monsters and all the nasty stuff comes out. So we're going to talk about some of the nasty stuff around the membership website world. Now, you all know that we love the membership business model. It's kind of obvious right? After all we called ourselves the membership guys. You don't do that if you don't absolutely love everything about memberships and we could talk about how great this model is until the cows come home but as with anything to do with business online or offline there is an ugly side and that's what I want to talk about on today's show. Now having worked with Membership sites of all shapes and sizes in all different markets for years, we've seen all manner of ugliness. But in this episode, I want to talk about three main areas that we've had specifically for our own site issues with within the past few months and that usually top the list of the most unpleasant things you may have to deal with as a membership site owner. And those three areas are copycats, piracy, and chargebacks and I'm going to tell you a little bit about our own issues with those three areas in the episode. Now of course they're not the only bad things that may come up for membership site owners and we've touched on some stuff in the past. We'll talk about some of the other areas like dealing with problem members, bad feedback and so on in future episodes but for this particular installment of the Membership Guys podcast I really want to focus just on those three. So let's start with the first one and that is dealing with copycats. People who take this whole idea that imitation is a sincerest form of flattery a step? too far. Now this is a tricky area for us running a member site academy because the member site academy almost performs a dual role. Not only is it somewhere where we provide education tools resources and all of that around memberships but it's also a membership site about membership sites and therefore our members almost view what we're doing in the academy as a case study in and of itself. So it's not just about the educational stuff that the academy provides it's about looking at what we do in running our own membership site and that's a great thing it's really great for us because we get to eat our own dog food we get to show that we walk the walk as well as talk the talk so with that in mind we had an expectation that people would obviously take inspiration from what we're doing with our own website. And we don't mind that in some areas we actually encourage it where members may structure their sales page or their sales copy similar to ours, their model, certain things around what we do. And in fact, we even went one step further and we created a free WordPress theme for our members that enabled them to create something which looked relatively similar or as close as we were comfortable allowing it to look to our own website. So we're certainly not oversensitive to people taking inspiration and people modeling certain things that we're doing. But there are two instances we've dealt with in the past few months where that line was crossed. Now the first of those wasn't too extreme and in fact it mainly related to our public blog as opposed to our membership content. It was actually a situation where a freelance writer who was contributing to the blog of a company who sold membership software, we actually discovered that all of her... Her posts or every article she was writing were pretty much lifted from our blog. She'd basically just been taking blog posts we'd written and rewriting them. So while the actual words, it wasn't a direct copy, the structure, the ideas, the topics, and in a few cases, specific concepts that were unique to us, they were taken and it was abundantly clear. There were actually a couple of cases where the actual wording was identical and there were cases where you know we'd have certain things listed, certain items in bullet point lists on our blog post and she'd have the same list with the same items in the same order on hers. So it was clear what was going on, it was clear what she was doing and fortunately because we had a good relationship with the director and the founder of this company, we were able to send him an email, give him a heads up up, let him know what was going on. Let him know that we weren't furious, but that we felt it was important to bring this to his attention as soon as it had come to ours. And of course, He wasn't happy about the fact that somebody he'd hired to create unique content for him was not only recycling other people's content, but was taking it from people with whom he'd actually developed a strategic relationship. So, you know, we had a good working, and we still do have a good working relationship with this company. And so the fact that someone he was hiring um, to write content was doing this actually could have put that at risk. It could have caused major problems. Now, what happened was all of her content was removed, and ultimately, they no longer worked. With that freelance writer. And so I felt quite bad, and we both felt a little bad that obviously this had led to somebody no longer being hired by this company. But then when we put ourselves in the shoes of the MD of this company, and indeed, you know, we didn't ask that this person be fired, we just asked that she stop taking our blog content and stop recycling our ideas. You know, when we actually put ourselves in the shoes, of the person running this company, this could have actually been quite damaging to a relationship that had been built over years. You know, we've done several things together. We continue to enjoy a positive and a fruitful relationship with this company. And one writer taking shortcuts... Could have jeopardized all of that. So I fully understand, obviously, why they chose no longer to work with that person. And hopefully, it's something that she'll not repeat with other clients uh, that she takes on within her freelance business. Now, the second uh, occasion of us having a copycat, they went a little bit further. Now, again, he was rewriting them. So he was using his own words. He wasn't just copying like for like, but the idea the structure, the key points, some of the concepts were clearly lifted from our posts. And the thing is, I think that this is something that many people allow to slide because perhaps they think that even though clearly somebody has ripped off their blog post ideas. Because they haven't used the same words, perhaps they think it's not plagiarism. But actually, when it comes down to it, plagiarism applies to concepts and ideas as well as to actual word-for-word content. So if you're putting in the time, the effort, the work, the resources to research which content to write to plan and to structure and to create the outline of your articles, to come up with unique concepts and unique ways of actually uh, communicating different ideas. You're taking that time, then Even when someone doesn't then rip off and doesn't directly copy the words you end up using, they're still copying and they're still drafting and stealing a lot of hard work. So don't just let this slide, don't just let it slip past you because you don't feel that maybe you have a case of plagiarism because they happen to have spun your idea into a different set of words for their own rip-off articles. So this second person, he was doing that, but worse than that, they were ripping off pretty much everything from our membership site too. Again, the ideas, the structure, what the offering was, what the different features were, and all that sort of stuff. Now, you might think that this is just coincidence until you find out that this person was actually a member of our website and they only created their own academy lite their own rip-off version of our site after they joined ours and a few seconds of digging around on google actually uncovered the original version of the sales page for their website which featured code copy and images that were stolen from ours so there was absolutely zero doubt about what they were doing and what they were up to. Now needless to say we banned him straight away from our website, blocked him from our servers and having received no response to the email that we sent him, letting him know that we knew what he was up to, we've since taken legal advice on the situation too. It's so important that you don't let this kind of stuff slip, that you take action and that you are vigilant against this sort of thing happening. Listen, anytime you put something out publicly, there's a risk of it being copied. And copying and plagiarism isn't just as straightforward as somebody copying and pasting everything that you've created. It extends to concepts, it extends to ideas. And while putting your stuff behind a paywall as part of a paid membership certainly does reduce the risk or reduce the exposure you have to people copying you in this way, it is so important that you stay vigilant, you stay on the case in looking out for people who are crossing the line. You can accept that people are going to take inspiration. You might even take that as a compliment that something you've done has inspired somebody to go away and create something of their own. But it's important to stay vigilant against people who cross that line between being inspired and outright copying and stealing your content, your concepts, your ideas, and so on. I still like to see the best in people and I always kind of try to assume a level of innocence that perhaps people didn't realize that they are crossing the line. I think in the first instance that I talked about, there was perhaps a degree of that. In the second instance, judging by the behavior of this individual, both before and after, we made them aware that we knew what they were up to, then it's harder to assume that this was simply an innocent mistake. But if you have something like this come up for yourself, you can almost take solace in this universal truth. Lazy, never lasts. Lazy never lasts. If somebody's too lazy to come up with their own ideas, too lazy to be original or creative, then they're too lazy to actually achieve anything, no matter how much they try to steal from you. Now, these people don't understand that it's not the blog posts that make you successful, that it's not the features you have in your membership, the courses that you have, your sales page content. Those individual ingredients aren't what make you successful. What makes you successful is your ability to use them, to leverage them, to create something special and unique and inherently you from those individual aspects those individual elements so simply taking and copying all of the stuff without really capturing the essence of what makes your business what it is what makes your membership what it is what forms the connections between you and your members that's why they'll never get anywhere just by stealing your stuff somebody who can barely manage beans on toast isn't going to become a Michelin star chef just because they take exactly the same ingredients and follow the same recipes as the likes of Gordon Ramsay and people like that so So you need to take solace in the fact that lazy never lasts, that the fact that they're stealing from you is a good sign that they're not going to know how to actually tie all that stuff together and how to actually use all that stuff. And it's down to you to continue striving to beat them by being better. So that's the first Ugly side of memberships that we've certainly had close experience of uh, personally for our own site over the last few months. The second ugly area of memberships I want to cover is one that many membership site owners worry about, and that is piracy. Now, quite often you'll find that people running memberships almost overreact. To concerns or to threats about piracy. And in fact, I have a whole episode, episode 55 of the Membership Guys podcast, which talks about this fear and why it's important not to overreact, not to try too hard to lock down your website so strictly that it actually affects the experience of the rest of your members. So definitely, if you want to hear a little bit more about that, check out episode 55 of the Membership Guys podcast. Now, Despite the fact that the threat of piracy, particularly for niche-based membership sites, is far lower than you probably fear that it is, it does happen. And we've actually had our first instance of it with our own website fairly recently. Of course, we see these sorts of things out there in the wild with the hundreds of different membership sites we've worked with, but... We're getting our first taste of these sort of things for our own site and piracy is something which reared its head in the past few weeks. So we had an instance where someone had actually basically taken all of the content from the academy, all the tools, downloads, resources, all of the courses and all of that, bundled it all together and uploaded onto a website where courses, training materials, and so on, that have been pirated, are then sold. So they weren't even giving it away, it wasn't even out there on torrents and so on. It was being charged for. Now, setting aside the fact that what was being charged for it was actually more expensive than it would cost somebody to just join the Site Academy, which perhaps indicates the level of intelligence involved in this whole caper, we actually managed to find a way of contacting the individual who ran the website. We requested a DMCA takedown, and within about 12 hours, the listing for our content had been removed. So the important thing is if you do discover that your content is being pirated out there on the web is to find the websites where it's been offered to find a way of contacting those websites. And usually, in order to avoid their website being taken down, usually they will have a loose process by which they allow people who do discover what they're doing to actually request them being taken down. Because these sites depend on the fact that the majority of people whose pirated content is listed won't know that it's listed. And so they have no problem with taking down stuff whenever they get caught by individual people. So always look for a way of contacting them either through a contact form or look for the words DMCA takedown request. That will give you a process that will give you contact details to get in touch with uh, the site owners to take their stuff down and as in this case often that can happen quite quickly. If you don't have a way of contacting these website owners your next protocol would be to contact the company that provides their web hosting because hosting illegal files is against the terms and conditions of pretty much every reputable website hosting company out there. Now you can often find who is hosting a website by doing what is called a who is Search. So you would go to a website like whois.domaintools.com. So that's whois, all one word, W H O I S, domaintools.com pop in the web address of uh, the site where your pirated content is being offered, and typically somewhere within the results that come back, you'll see um, something called name servers, or you may even have the hosting company. When we look for the name servers, sometimes that'll actually tell you who the hosting company is. If it doesn't, you can actually take just one of those name servers, run a Google search, and that will tell you who these are. Now, if you've got a web developer, if you've got a techie person working with you, again, it's probably easier to just. Ask them, can you find out or get an idea of who is hosting this website? If you don't get any luck in uh, contacting the hosting company and making them aware that a website on their service is offering a legal download, then you might try the same tack with the domain company as well because that could lead to their domain name being suspended. So again, it's just about taking action about not sitting back and letting this stuff happen. Kind of similarly, we had a member who recently uh, posted on our forum saying that they'd found that all of their course videos had been stolen and uploaded to YouTube. And again, For him, it was just a case of contacting YouTube, reporting the videos in question. That got the channel taken down, the user banned, and the videos removed. It's an annoyance. It's a major pain, especially if it just keeps happening. But to a certain degree, we have to kind of just accept that piracy happens. Listen, if the Hollywood industry and the hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars that they spend trying to end piracy of their films isn't doing the trick, then me and you... We don't have any chance of completely stamping it out. That doesn't mean you need to be so terrified of piracy that you don't create anything ever. You just have to accept that in most cases, it's not usually going to attract the attention of the sort of people who will pirate your material when you're running a niche membership. Some niches, some markets, you're going to have more people with that sort of mindset involved. So you know, online marketing, certainly in certain circles, you're going to have more people who are inclined to pirate and rip off your stuff than you know if you're teaching cross stitching and so on There is no 100% way of stopping it happening and in the off chance that it does happen to you it can be hit and miss whether you can do anything about it. If somebody wants your content badly enough and if somebody wants to pirate it badly enough they will find a way. There is no 100% certain way of preventing people from pirating your videos, your material and so on. Again it's kind of almost taking a little bit of solace in the fact that those people who download pirated materials would never have joined your membership and would never have paid for it in the first place, so you're not actually losing money. That doesn't really take the sting out of things, but... It is something to bear in mind, but again, we definitely do recommend you stay vigilant. You try and stay on top of this. Set up Google alerts. You know, if you've got uh, if you've got courses or if you've got a unique name or something like that with your membership, set up Google alerts so you have more chance of actually discovering places that are listing pirated content. And periodically, at least once or twice a month, do a search in Google for the titles of courses, for the title of your membership, and so on, just to see if anything jumps out for you. None of this changes the fact that piracy sucks and that one of the worst and ugliest things that can happen for a membership site owner is discovering that your content has been ripped off and is being either sold elsewhere or offered for free elsewhere. But trying to stay on top of it, trying to spot this stuff so that you can at least attempt to get it taken down and remaining vigilant is the key. The third and final area I want to talk about in terms of the ugly side of memberships relates to chargebacks and payment disputes. Now, this is something that every membership site owner will have to deal with at some point. So this is when somebody has paid for their membership, they've had access to your site, and then a few days, a few weeks, sometimes even a few months later, you get a notification from your payment processing company like PayPal or Stripe that that individual is disputing the charge. They're saying that they should never be in charge and they're trying to claim their money back. Now for us, this is especially frustrating because we offer a genuine, no questions asked, 30 day money back guarantee on our membership and yet we've still had one or two people who during that initial 30 day period have filed a chargeback. So instead of just contacting us and getting their payment refunded they've chosen to go through a process that damages our standing with the payment processes and also results in us being charged a fee on top of the money that we need to refund. It's also a process that's slower and actually riskier and more hassle for them because there's no guarantee that they will actually get their money back. So beggars believe why they would choose this route rather than just asking for a refund or getting in touch with us. And again, this is something every membership site owner is going to have to deal with at one point or another. It's just the nature of the beast. In some cases, not the ones we've had recently on our website, but certainly in a lot of cases, when this happens, it's actually a case of fraud. Somebody's had their credit card or their PayPal details stolen or hacked or otherwise used without permission. And that's just a risk of doing business online and it's certainly a greater risk within certain niches there's not much you can really do about that. In other cases people are simply just trying to rip you off and in those cases having site tracking or other record keeping where you can actually Demonstrate that someone has received what they paid for, that they've logged in, that they've accessed and used your site, that they've interacted with your membership. If you can provide that, if you can provide IP address details to prove that the person accessing the site is the actual person who owns the credit card or who owns the paypal account then this can all be a massive help especially where the person disputing the payment and trying to make the charge back is claiming that they didn't get what they paid for and that's something that happened on a recent payment dispute for our own website where the person in question was claiming they never received access to the membership we were able to demonstrate to paypal that not only did they receive access to the membership but they'd logged in several times a day for several weeks that they downloaded items that they'd attended live training and even asked questions and we were able to provide the ip address that paypal then matched up to this individual so that was pretty much a slam dunk no-brainer as far as paypal were concerned when it came to the dispute and they settled on our behalf meaning that this individual didn't get their money back and again the crazy thing is if they had been genuinely unhappy with what they'd received and if they contacted us to make use of the 30-day money-back guarantee that we clearly offer then they would have got their money back right away without question without objection without any sort of problems but instead they've chosen to go the route that unfortunately people will often choose to go town when it comes to buying things online and they've gone for a payment dispute where they're providing misleading or false information just to try and claw their money back so this just highlights the importance of having site tracking so if we use something like active campaign for example which is great for tracking the activity of specific members and specific individuals in terms of what pages they're visiting when they're logged in and so on having site tracking having other sort of records or identifying information relating to your members can come in extremely useful for chargeback claims and payment disputes. Now a lot does depend on the payment provider that using PayPal in particular become a lot friendlier to sellers and they have a pretty good process by which they deal with disputes that allow you to put forward evidence to fight your side rather than simply just giving the money back to the customer. Stripe are a little bit harder to deal with and part of that is because if somebody pays for something using Stripe then they have to deal directly with the credit card providers and quite often the credit card provider will side with the complainant regardless of how much evidence you throw at them showing them that it's a false claim. So Stripe can certainly be a little harder to deal with but it's still worth trying to have these disputes are returned. And again, it has nothing to do with actually giving the money back. Believe it or not, I'm not going to lose any sleep if I have to give you your $50 back because you've decided the membership isn't for you. That's why we have the 30-day money-back guarantee to allow you to have that little bit of peace of mind. What does rile me up as a membership site owner, and quite rightly, is when my relationship with the payment providers, which is something that can affect so many different aspects of your business in the future, you know, when that relationship is threatened or potentially damaged, and also when I get charged another 15 20 sometimes $35 on top of what I've had to give you back just because you decided to go down a chargeback procedure rather than simply sending an email saying, can I have my money back? So three ugly areas of running a membership site that we'll all undoubtedly have uh, contact with at some point in running a membership first copycats people who cross that line between taking inspiration and modeling their membership or their content around yours crossing that line from that to outright theft number two Piracy. It's something that's virtually impossible to prevent, but certainly something that you don't just want to allow yourself to be rolled over by. You want to at least try and take action and try and make sure that you're getting any links that are selling or giving away your content taken down as quickly as you're able. And then, third and final, is dealing with chargebacks and payment disputes. Now, I have to admit, it's taken a bit of effort to keep this episode in the realm of being useful and practical and just kind of allowing you to share in specific experiences and stories in the name of you kind of picking up on lessons or learning some tactics to employ if any of these particular areas are ones you encounter. But it has taken a bit of effort to not just get a little wound up and a little annoying because this stuff can make you angry, can make you frustrated. It doesn't matter how long you've been running your membership or how many memberships you've had involvement with. We've worked with hundreds of membership sites, some up into the 25, 30, 40,000 member range where you know payment disputes are just a day-to-day thing, where piracy is just a given and all this sort of stuff is just part and parcel of doing business but that doesn't stop it from being exceedingly frustrating to deal with when running our own membership. So at the very least hopefully if you have encountered this sort of situation for yourself then it's been a little cathartic in knowing that uh, you're not alone that it happens to the best of us but I do hope that the certain parts of uh, what we've covered That are useful to you, or that make you feel better equipped or more confident to tackle these sort of issues if they do arise for your membership. So, I do hope that you found this useful. And as always, I would love to hear any thoughts, any feedback. You can hit me on Twitter at membership guys, or pop into our free Facebook community for membership site owners. That's at talkmemberships.com. So, that's talk. Memberships.com, if you go to that URL, it'll redirect you through to the private Facebook group where we've got nearly 3,000 membership website owners. Jump in there if you're not in there already. Let me know uh, whether you found this episode useful. If you've had your own experiences of dealing with the issues of plagiarism, or piracy, or payment disputes, then uh, if it's something that you're willing to share, we'd love to hear from you. Or if you've had other experiences of the ugly side of running a membership, then uh, again, pop that in the Facebook group and we'll uh, all seethe and rage with you. Thank you so much for spending a bit of your day with me. I greatly appreciate each and every one of you downloading and listening to the show. I'll be back again very soon with another episode of the Membership Guides podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode of the Membership Guides podcast, we invite you to check out the themembersiteacademy.com. The Membersite Academy is the essential resource for anyone at any stage of starting, growing and running a membership website. So whether you're still figuring out what your idea is going to be, or whether your website is already up and running and you're just looking for ways to grow it and attract new members, then the Member Site Academy can help you to get to the next level. With our extensive course library, monthly training, exclusive member-only discounts, perks and tools, and a supportive, active community to help you along the way with feedback, encouragement and advice, the Member Site Academy is the perfect place to be for anyone looking to start, manage and grow a successful membership website. So check it out at membersiteacademy.com.